0: How would you describe yourself <laughs> how would i describe myself you've been described as a pseudo archaeologist someone <laughs> yeah, who cherry picks your data your books read by millions but dismissed by academics did you know that you were picking a fight with academia because there's a lot of people that just don't want to hear this you have been at the front of the line for decades, and you exposed me to a lot of these controversial ideas that have now been substantiated. Well, I'm Graham Hancock. I don't claim to be an archeologist or a scientist. I am a journalist, and the subject that I'm investigating is human prehistory. suspicion is humans are a species with amnesia. We have forgotten something incredibly important in our own past. And I think that that incredibly important forgotten thing is a lost advanced civilization of the Ice Age.
1: Today we got Graham Hancock on the podcast. To talk about his new tv show that was released on netflix <laughs> the ancient apocalypse <laughs> so great hello. thank you for having me on oh. hello it's so.
2: fucking amazing to be here
1: <laughs> so obviously uh, you went to indonesia in the first episode no spoilers. i did i, I
2: went to Jakarta. Uh, we went to a place called i forgot the name of the place uh, but we found <laughs> the things we found that was stunning we found a pyramid laden into the the mountain range, which was quite a discovery.
0: This is the ancient site of Gunung Padang. The north side features a stairway, climbing more than 300 feet until it reaches the first of five terraces, over an area about 490 feet long by 130 feet wide. The entire hill is ringed by retaining walls of columnar basalt, Using an estimated fifty thousand blocks, it's a massive terraforming project that remodeled a volcanic hill into what can best be described as a step pyramid.
1: That's a that's I, I tell you movie. right
2: right now, uh Gombe, I'm wearing these glasses, but I'm fucking blind, I can't see. That's <laughs> your shit.
1: Yeah. That's that's a shame. But...
2: I need to be on <laughs> that uh Mr. Beast episode where he cured all the people's blindness.
1: Oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now but, I know hey, how they
0: feel.
1: Yeah, but hey, you, you suggested a hypothesis in that TV show. For the viewers that have not watched Ancient Apocalypse, I do recommend it. It is a pretty interesting show where it's a brilliant, brilliant you, show. You, you have a hypothesis suggesting that. There exists a lost civilization before what recorded history suggests that the first civilization that existed on this planet were the Babylonians in ancient Mesopotamia. So, would you like to go deep into the suggestion that there is a lost civilization?
2: That is correct. (laughs) Modern (laughs) archaeologists (laughs) refuse to acknowledge that a period (laughs) during the Ice Age it was probably a lost civilization that came around after the period of the young adrius which was a great deluge that destroyed the planet and we believe that it came (laughs) from from earth from earth passing through a meteor stream called the torrid meteor stream which is because it's derived from the area of Taurus. If you look up to the sky, you have the the signs, you have the um, symbols in the sky. You have Taurus, you have Aries, and these group of comets
1: seem to stem from the Taurus. <laughs> Just to stop you there, my friend. You know, you mentioned the Taurus, and is it no surprise that you decided to come on wearing the Bulls shirt or dry jacket? I mean. You know did you plan that at all for this episode
2: (laughs) no no i didn't Engombre. this is just one of the great synchronicities of the universe that we don't know about but i believe our ancients knew about our ancient progenitors they realized that there was something about the stars they mapped the stars so perfectly and they also took into account the obliquity of the ecliptic and the um What's the face? The um, the different periods, such as the solstice, the winter solstice, the summer solstice. They knew about that thousands of years ago. But yes, um, the Taurus, the bull. He, I'm a big Chicago Bulls fan, actually. You didn't know. Six times champions, baby. <laughs> it's quite interesting. It's quite a synchronicity, that I it? I always wear this anyway. But yeah, Taurus, the bull. Taurus, the bull. Why is it that he's coming from that area? Why are these snakes coming from that area? See, that's one of the big things you can pick up from that TV show for those people that haven't seen it. Spoil it a lot. When he goes to um, places such as Turkey and like Gobekli Tepe, is that right? Yes, Gobekli Tepe. Fucking hell, you've got it right first time. Uh, And there's a lot of symbolism towards snakes and serpents and things. We often refer that to being something... Um, like the serpent, the the spine, the, um, uh, the, the vertebrae, the 33 vertebrae, and, say, the Ouroboros, uh, the cycle of life. And they did have a lot of representation on symbolism towards snakes and serpents, which I think might be referenced to, as they allude to in the show, or Graham alludes to. It, it could be serpents in the sky, which would be asteroids. And they are That's- what are creating this sort of cyclical nature in the human story where it comes back around and around again where we're just attacked by these snakes these serpents which if you saw them in the sky and you didn't have like any understanding of what meteors were you'd just be like well it looks like a snake in the sky it looks like a serpent so that's what you'd interpret as and that's what you'd show when you're making symbolism or or either that or it's an easy way to represent it if you know what i mean Like to to pass it through, and it's it's a it's a like a a recognisable figure that like all of civilization will be able to recognise and be like that is something. So if in the future you wanted to pass on the message of something coming, you'd you'd use it for something that was recognisable for everyone, like
1: universally recognised thing. Hundred percent. Like you're seeing within the show practically every ancient culture that graham visits and across the world all showed the serpent symbolism so you know it's all connected one another and this goes to show that you know mythology is more real than myth because myths are the best way to showcase events that happened and the fact that all these myths have similar stories i mean the, the, the the myth of the flood there's over 2000 Different myths suggesting the flood. So I think it's quite clear that a flood or a great deluge happened during the, the younger Dryas, if that's what you call it. Yeah, yeah. So younger you know, there's there perhaps is the suggestion that a flood did wipe civilization. You know, maybe Hancock is right in this sense, but the question is for him, is like if he believes that there is such a lost civilization, who were these people, you know, that's where there's got to be an answer for that. I know it's not easy, but yeah, it, it seems like his suggestion of a flood perhaps is true.
2: Yeah. I really, I really like how it's all tied together. You have these setups of looking at these megaliths, these stunning megaliths that have been built with such precision and such just uh, they're absolutely mind-blowing. Some of the the architecture that's been built, like if you if you look at Kebeki Tepe in Turkey, and if you look at even the pyramids of Giza and the pyramids across different nations like Indonesia, where you have these different pyramids built into the, into the mountains, you've got to think that is built by a civilization that is not only intelligent, but a society and a race that clearly understands techniques and uh, technological advancements that would allow them to build such stunning buildings. And I I think it's a lot easier to dismiss these myths and stories of great deluges as just folklore and fairy tales. But as Graham says, and I, I completely agree with what he says, what better way to keep a message going for as long as possible by telling it in a story, because that's how we recognize, that's how the humans understand and can paint a picture of things that have happened in the past. So if you create a myth, something that is going to last for a long time and eternity is obviously the better option to make it into a, a mythological story, whether it was hundred percent accurate and aligned with exactly what went down, that's up for debate. But if you're going to pass on a story, like a great telling of something happened in the past, the best way to do it is, through using recognizable figures and archetypes and things that we will recognize in the future and always apply to the human race. Um, But the thing is, you have such versatility, as you say, with like, how many different races and religions tell stories of floods. But yet today we just dismiss them as fairy tales, which is beyond bizarre because they all seem to have a running thread, a running theme. And if that is the case, if there is a pattern there which is clearly identifiable, surely we've got to take it as probably there is some of level of objectivity to this. Like it, it's not, it can't just be dismissed as absolute rubbish and jargon. Um, but like you have stories, say, like Noah, and then you have Quetzalcoatl in Mexico. You always have these stories of figureheads that, that rise from the ash of civilization, something that clearly happened a long time ago and, and brought knowledge of... Um, like agriculture and technology and things these these lands as they were coming out of the a, of a great cataclysm. And it's almost like, what, I think the biggest question I have alluding to those stories is, who were these figures? Like, were they actually um, like deities from, from wherever, from another dimension? That had manifested and, and come down to Earth, sent as beings of like hope from, from the simulation, had sent them down and be like, we need to restart society. So let's send like a deity down to teach these primitive beings how to restart society. Or was it a matter of, like we're seeing now, and like you can see with things such as the underground cities in Turkey and things like that that Graham visited? Is it a matter yeah. of, there were elite groups? decided to go underground at some point and then they came out of the ash and rubble knowing that the rest of society was going to be destroyed and then they found the small groups of people that were left and they acted as like deities because they knew they knew all the knowledge and stuff like that and just taught them how to restart society is, is that a matter of like is that just cyclical and could that happen again like you see like the elites and stuff building underground bunkers now and you're like why the fuck are they building them Do they know about something coming? And is the reason that, say, Graham's information is censored? Is it because something could be coming and they don't want anyone else to know because they want to be like those new figureheads. They want to be the new myths of the next civilization. You don't know. It could be a completely egoic thing.
1: It's an interesting hypothesis there. I I personally believe, you know, the underground pillars that you mentioned and also presented in grain show for me that perhaps suggests the underworld you know like we're hearing countless myths about this underworld and you know i've always asked myself what is that you know is it perhaps just those pillars that you've mentioned and what's quite interesting is obviously if you look into greek and roman mythology the god of the underworld is, is pluto and you know how in a couple of episodes we talked about pluto in the truman show and yeah you know how this year you know if you if you know your astrology i believe in march pluto enters aquarius which is pretty interesting you know maybe there is some significance to that but you know and as well you look at the greek myth of Kronos, who who is saturn being imprisoned in Tartarus, which, again, could perhaps be the underworld again in the sense of the tale of Kronos, but those pillars, perhaps, you know, they've, they were designed, in my opinion, for a reset, maybe for a flood, That's probably, I, I do think the elites know that something's going on. They, they're always in the know about these things. It's just that they don't tell us what it is, because why would they? They want to control the population, the masses.
2: 100%. Well, it, it links to like what we were saying in another few episodes before as well about Jason Prashear's work and like the Phoenix event, something coming to wipe out humanity in the next, say, 20 years. A, a massive event. like We had the reference to the Pyramids of Giza and the 203 courses, which represents a calendar countdown to the year 2106, which is two hundred and six like 666. So you have you have like these similar ideas all seeming to stem from um, alternative medias now. So you have like Graham Hancock and you have like Jason Brashears and they all similarly align. And they all point to the idea that there has been a civilization before us that has just been wiped out. Here's the thing as well. I don't even know if it's it's that long ago. Like you, you hear Graham talking about 12,000 years ago, during the Ice Age, there was the Younger Dryas. But then what you said about Tartarus? Tartarus? Tartarus, yeah, yeah.
1: Tartarus yes. Yeah. But what was
2: that? That was that was who Saturn was the leader of, or Kronos.
1: Yeah, Kronos. So the yeah. gods had a ten-year war with the Titans. The gods right. beat the Titans, and Kronos' punishment was that he was imprisoned in Tartarus, and Zeus became the new king of the gods.
2: Yeah, and you have at the minute. I don't know. You're aware of the mudflap theory, aren't you?
1: A little bit, but I don't know much. So yeah, because
2: I about like the world fairs and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, this is probably,
2: yeah, this is probably more for a separate episode, but you have like these world fairs stemming in different regions of like Europe uh, and the United States during the 1800s, where you have these like magnificent buildings that were apparently just put in place for world fairs, where they teach education to the public, uh, like the public would go visit and they could see like technologies and stuff and they could learn about like the history of the earth and the planet. Um, but there were these if, if if you could potentially, do you want me to try and pull up a picture of like some other pictures of the World Fairs? Yeah. Or is, yeah. It, is it worth leaving it for another episode? I'm not sure.
1: Um, you can do. It. You can do. It. I'll, I'll,
2: I'll 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 send you some photos after this, and you can put them up. Um, okay. But basically, you had these like stunning architectural masterpieces that were essentially built in a matter of months or a month, and then they were knocked down. This is what the narrative is that they were, they were knocked down straight after for seemingly no reason. They were just knocked down because they were, Oh, we don't need them anymore. But it leads you to question, were these left over from a civilization even earlier than we can imagine, like back in the 1700s that was wiped out by a cataclysm. And that would see like all these theories similarly aligned. So you have the mud flood theory, you have like Jason Brashear's theory of um, like the Phoenix event. And then you have like Graham Hancock, with the younger Dryas theory i'm not i'm not saying that um these events that happened potentially in the 1800s were as significant as the younger Dryas, but I, I do think there is something that comes around quite frequently to like wipe out a civilization and then you have to restart but it was like were the world fairs essentially indoctrination systems for new groups of societies and then they were using the world fairs also as an excuse to get rid of the architecture that was left behind by that civilization um and that civilization is referred to as tartaria so
1: yeah i've heard of Tartaria.
2: yeah 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 so you can you can look up the like there's like reddit threads and stuff you'll see like these architectural masterpieces that are just like laden across the planet and, and like there's no real explanation for why they're there And it, it's just strange it's just strange there's a lot of like questions just to because like, it, it looks completely out of place as well. Like It doesn't look like it fits into modern architecture. But obviously, I'm not an architect, so I can't really say that's a nailed-on theory. But I'm just saying it it does bring into question, like, are these cataclysms and events more frequent than we think? Uh, and is the illiterate, which Graham refers to, just one moment in our history? And is it happening very frequently? Do you know what
1: I mean? Yeah, I get that. And i think when you look at the show really and the the younger droids here, as you presented we, we often see that many ancient cultures especially as graham goes across the world and other places throughout the episodes we we find that the ancients really revered Sirius. obviously we touched a little bit about Sirius in a couple of episodes before you know so what, what is it about Sirius? you know I, I can't seem to wrap my head around this this star and you know it's you know i don't think we know much about it obviously the ancients knew more and that's why they severely worshipped it and you know there's references to that star in tv shows and freemasonry and even 9 11 with uh, no not 9 11 sorry but in you know, other events across the world that have serious referenced what is it about this star that's so special do you have an idea of what that could be
2: I'm I'm really captivated by what the meaning of Sirius could be. And I, I do think there is something that we're missing about it. Obviously, you had like the Syriads and stuff in, in, in ancient Egypt. But like even in the episode where he goes to Malta and he looks at all the megaliths there that have been set up and they all seem to align to Sirius. And I think it it even Gebeki Tepe at one point aligned with Sirius. And it's like, how would they have the Techno- like the surely there was either a, a mass communication between different areas of the world where they were like we need to worship Sirius for some reason or they just all knew something about Sirius maybe Sirius was much brighter in the in the sky back then I'm not sure there was definitely a fascination with Sirius but they also said I think Graham said during the episode or the final episode or he said it in a podcast I can't remember which but he was talking about how some of them actually believed that the figures that came down to save them after the the deluge came from Sirius. I'm not sure if I'm remembering that correctly. And I don't know, like Nick hinton who we've talked about before, he thinks that he doesn't think he knows that there's a lot of people from like the past, and I, th- I think like Masonry as well heavily believes in like Sirius's uh, significance, but that we are actually from Sirius and Sirius is like the originator of this simulation or this reality or whatever. And perhaps they came at a time when they saw us fall from Sirius. Oh no, I've remembered what it is. I've remembered what it is. I'm sorry about that. It was Sophia. I believe the god Sophia, like Lucifer's, uh, who came from Sirius and came down from Sirius. And perhaps there was an event back then that they saw something coming from Sirius. I I could not be sure. I could not be hundred percent sure, but I just know there's a huge fascination with Sirius. So like even the Masons believe that um, Sirius is heaven. And when you get to Sirius, there's going to be, it's it's similar to the Christian, Christian heaven. Like that is the entrance to heaven is Sirius. And is that because they're alluding to the idea that that's where the simulation originates from? And we've been cast down from Sirius. It's there's a whole host of questions uh, uh, surrounding Sirius. There's even the idea that who was I listening to? I was. I'm sorry. I've listened to so many podcasts recently. It might have been Nickington, or it might have been even no. It was. I think it was Nickington, but he was talking about a theory that he, he'd heard as well, where essentially Earth isn't real and we are all on Sirius right now. We live on Sirius. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Earth is a simulation on Sirius. So, like, Earth isn't real. It's just, like, a game that is projected from Sirius, basically. So we are still on Sirius, and that's why we still have that connection, that affinity with Sirius, basically. And then you have the link to the Truman Show,
1: mm-hmm. where
2: in the first scene, the lighting rig named Sirius comes down to Earth, and it shatters. And that shatters the the perception for Truman of this being an actual simulation. It's like, oh, this might... It's, it begins his... Uh, Road to questioning what is actually going on in the Truman Show, basically. But yeah, I, I could I couldn't put a definite definitive answer on that question because I think there's so many possibilities why there's such a significance and such a fascination with Sirius. I I genuinely think that most likely something arrived from Sirius or some Sirius was a lot brighter back then. I do, I couldn't tell you. It's really hard to say. But I just know there is a fascination with it. That's all.
1: Yeah, like when you look into the Quran as well, like yeah, uh, there's a scripture in the Quran that says Allah is the Lord of Sirius, which is, is pretty interesting. So when 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 the creator of the, of the the Muslim belief belief is that he is the Lord of Sirius, what does that mean? Does that mean that Allah is serious or was he the i don't know what you'd call it the guide behind Sirius or whatnot it's it's a very interesting theory like perhaps there's a connection between god and Sirius, and when you look into the planet the star itself he has a binary star relationship with the sun and of course we both know i don't know if you believe in this but we both suggest that jesus is perhaps the sun so yeah if there's a connection between God and Sirius, and obviously the God Jesus Trinity in Christianity aligned with Sirius and the Sun, is that a suggestion to say that Sirius is God? I don't know, but it's something that could be the case. You know, what else would it be worshipped by the ancients?
2: Yeah, I think it's easy to dismiss it again as our ancient ancestors just being stupid and thinking that the stars were significant or, or like, obviously, like the, the stars in the sky would have been a lot more prevalent as well. There would have been so many more stars during that time because of the lack of air pollution. So why did they choose Sirius? I think it was probably a lot brighter back in the day in the sky. And that's potentially why they had such a fascination with it. But I don't believe that's the only reason I don't think you build megalithic structures pointing towards it exact coordinates just because it was the brightest star in the sky i think there must have been something coming from it or they've seen something derived from that area um am i right in thinking that the Torrid media stream is facing sirius
1: i'm not sure but it could well be the case if that's so what does that suggest
2: i could be completely mistaken here but i do believe that in a later episode you know when he's exploring the megaliths in Tepe, and yes. there's obviously that megalith that seems mm-hmm. to point towards it's like a time stamp in the sky and it, 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 it paints a picture of the sky during a time period about 12,000 years ago where they think the Younger Dryas occurred and it's like that's a time mark for when it happened I do believe that Sirius was at the centre of that because there was like a sun or what looked or appeared to be a sun at that time yeah, yeah, yeah. potentially that could have been the sub that they saw during the taurid meteor stream uh during the cataclysm during the taurid media it's really hard to say it's really really hard to say but as a as i said earlier i do think there's a just such a like a, a, a dismissal of what could potentially have been the case for our ancients back then and we just assumed that they were stupid and primitive when clearly they weren't if they can build megalithic structures that we have no understanding of how they were possibly built at that time
1: yeah 100 percent like we even see like the the pyramids connections across the world from mexico to ancient egypt to you know places in indonesia so like you know we've suggested in the previous episode that it was the pyramids could be used as a as a scene as a teleportation, perhaps, but you know, perhaps maybe the pyramids, you know, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna watch this video that I've seen that perhaps suggests that the pyramids are geopolymer. I'm not really sure what that term means, but that's a conclusion that someone has made about the pyramids and I'm gonna geopolymer. see the, Yeah, geopolymer.
2: Not heard of that before. That sounds like it could be something to do with its movement. Potentially, that it can move around. I don't know. It could be completely wrong there. Would that? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd just be speculating. I'd guess. Yeah. But yeah, you, sh- you should watch that video and let us know. Yeah. I think right. we should do another episode on the pyramids as well because there's so much to speak about.
1: But
2: yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 absolutely crazy. This, the other thing as well, like you say about all these structures and stuff that have been built. And clearly they've been built by an extremely intelligent group of people. And it's, I, I just don't understand how we can dismiss it as like them being... I don't, it's, it's really strange. It's really strange. how there's such a dismissal of like the potential that there was a civilization before us that were much smarter and much wiser and mastered things in a different way than we have. Because we've got all these te- technological advancements. But what if they didn't need to do it with technology? What if they did it using the power that we inherently possess with things such as telekinesis and bare bones intuition and the connection with earth, things that wouldn't leave behind a significant mark other than these huge megaliths that are left behind. You see like people saying like, if there was an ancient civilization during the ice age, where is the trash and where is the rubbish? Who's to say that they didn't have other methods and ways of, like, living. Maybe they didn't need plastics. Maybe they didn't need computers because they had everything they needed. They'd worked it out. They'd worked something out that we couldn't comprehend currently. That we might be we might be close to understanding at some point soon, but we don't know it yet. And obviously, like Graham says, there's so much that's unexplored. Because if there was a cataclysmic deluge flood, it would have wiped out a lot of land you have um what's it called what's the place called the continent the the giant continent that got wiped out there's now java in indonesia
1: um it's, it's Sinand, i believe sunderland sunday <laughs> sunderland, <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: sunderland uh yeah not sunderland in newcastle sundaland with an a Sunder- sunderland.
1: yeah sunderland, sunderland.
2: But yeah, there's all those regions that would possibly be thrown underwater like these. So there's pr- probably so many more areas that have not been ex- excavated or explored that need to be. Even like the Amazon rainforest, there's, it's, it's clear that there's something there. Like there's probably a lot of monuments and megaliths there that are undiscovered because they've just been covered with trees. And same with the Sahara Desert, that would have been a booming metropolis of... of plants and veg vegetation and wildlife a few thousand years ago so there's all these areas that's just unexplored and, ref- and refused to be explored that if we did look we could probably find something do you know what i mean there's so much uncharted territory if we found these things they might give us a clearer indication of what is actually happening like the great pyramids might be one of thousands do you know what i mean like you have these megaliths and stuff saying like uh, malta and other place in the underground cities, there's hundreds of them. There's hundreds of them. So who's to say there's not hundreds of pyramids that we've not discovered yet? Do you know what I mean? It'd be nice if there was just like a donation of, it'd be nice to see like, say Mr. Beast, maybe what we need to do for Mr. Beast's next video is message him and be like, you know what you should do? You should take all the money you've made and go and explore regions of the earth that haven't been explored before and excavate and see what's going on there. See if you can find something in the Amazon. See if you can find something in the desert. See if you can find something in the ocean that's not been found. That would be a, that would be a great donation for you, man
1: Hundred percent. So a, that's a class idea. Yeah. You know. You gonna be on? You to be on the... Oh, yeah, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna message him.
1: All right. Uh... <laughs> I've
2: got his number. What's his number again?
1: <laughs> I don't know, lad. Uh, I've not got <laughs> him. So. <laughs> I'm not going, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I don't watch his content. You see, you know.
2: No, I don't. I don't really. I just saw that video where he'd like cured a, a thousand people's bl- blindness. Uh, blindness. I can't fucking speak. <laughs> but yeah. So I, I was just thinking, like, that'd be another great thing to do for humanity. It would be to explore regions of the earth that most people refuse to explore. That's the thing we're talking about: space travel and space exploration. But
0: we've we've
2: barely covered our planet. We're just happy in these cities in these enclosed areas that really don't take up much space at all when there's so much more to explore
1: maybe we should do it one day
2: (laughs) yeah i would love to i would love to if i made enough money i would 100 be going out to say like the amazon and stuff just to have a look and see what i can find i'll tell you what as well graham has actually sold me on the idea of potentially trying say ayahuasca at least once (laughs) <laughs> i know probably Sylvia you want to approve of that i'd be like don't do psychedelics because no. it's no but I'd, I'd still love to try it just for the experience
1: i'm, I'm staying away from more psychedelics you know I, I don't see the, i don't see the need for them
2: <laughs> yeah. what you see enough crazy shit, do you
1: yeah <laughs> yeah don't you're always them. talking to yourself yeah
2: I wonder why you're always talking to yourself
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah 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 some... demons yeah, I see crazy stuff all the time you know since since my awakening i don't really want to try some psychedelics and then i see what terence mckenna describes as machine elves i don't really want to see that
2: <laughs> yeah that's the thing that a lot of people describe seeing isn't it machine elves yeah and they're the ones that are always like build this build that maybe it was like a war back in the day where like ai are from sirius the ai are from sirius or something and the reason they had all these megaliths pointed towards Sirius, because there was actually, there were actually weapons and it was like a war between the two places. Like Sirius sent a load of asteroids down and we were trying to fire like shit at them, like trying to fire fucking cannons and stuff back at them. And like they did it because the reason why they were fighting was because the AI wanted them to build like an AI infrastructure on earth. So with like computers and uh telephones and stuff like that. But we were like, no, we don't want to do it. We'll just use what we've got. We'll use telekinesis. We'll use uh our pyramids to like build structures and we'll like we'll do I don't fucking know, we'll move rocks with our minds and we'll fucking uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll read people's (laughs) minds, we don't even have to speak. But they were like, no, you need to build build telephones for communication. We're like, I'm not having any of it. And then the air got really pissed off and they were like, Fine, we're gonna we're going to send some asteroids at you. And then Earth, will like, we need to defend ourselves. So we'll build these pyramids and shit, which are actually like Death Stars. The pyramids are Death Star weapons, like uh, you see in Star Wars. And like even yeah. megaliths and stuff. And that's why they're all pointing towards Sirius, because they're trying to blow up Sirius. So, like, we <laughs> need all our...
1: <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean...
2: That's a theory.
1: Yeah, that would be <laughs> a great myth.
2: <laughs> Might be. Could be the case. But, like, you never know, do you?
1: Yeah, but... On Sirius, you know it's pretty interesting, you know. We have you got a knife on? Yep. Do you wanna call Siri for us?
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey yeah, Siri. Yeah.
1: Are you serious hey, Siri,
2: What are you doing up in the sky? Are you the star Sirius? Oh.
1: Is it not working?
2: No, I'm gonna ask Hey Siri. Is Siri short for Sirius? You just said I'm sorry, he didn't say anything. I asked you a question, buddy. <laughs> I think I think he's getting a bit intimidated here. Hey, Siri, are you from the planet Sirius? Hmm, I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can help with? Fucking useless, mate. <laughs> it's, clear, it's, it's clearly, it clearly knows we're or something. It's just like, oh, i not getting involved. I
1: don't have Somebody's an answer. <laughs> sure
2: you don't, mate. Sure you don't. Yeah, yeah. It was quite red-handed.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. So what? Does that mean Sirius is AI? I don't know.
2: Possibly. Well, it's like Sophia. That's where a lot of people believe uh, Sophia came from, was serious. And obviously the first AI robot made was called Sophia. (laughs) Is that a coincidence? No. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Not necessarily. I don't think there is such thing as a coincidence anymore. I I think there's only synchronicities. But I think yeah. synchronicity is a part of something bigger, and you have all these connections to it. Like especially after watching the Truman Show, and you have Sirius falling from the sky. You have the dog Pluto. You just have these. We like even Pluto being a dog and Sirius coming down being the dog star. And it came. It, it came down just after Truman had had the interaction with Pluto, I believe. I could be getting that wrong. Yes. So it's yeah, it's just extremely interesting. isn't it? Like where yeah, it's... all these synchronicities come from? But I think as, was it Carl Jung who said, or was it, I think it was Carl Jung who said uh, that synchronicities is just an everyday happening for those who are, have eyes to see. Something along those lines. I'm probably paraphrasing that. I'm probably absolutely butchering that quote. But it was along the lines of that. Yes, yeah, it's just like synchronicities are happening all the time. And if, if you have the eye to see them, the third eye, the eye of Ra, possibly, then you can perceive... I haven't. The thing is, I haven't necessarily seen or been seeing as many synchronicities in my own life necessarily, but I am seeing synchronicities in research more than anything, I think, at the minute.
1: Yeah. Like when you first wake up, in a sense, you do see synchronicities, but as you go further down and you start noticing them, they don't appear as much. It's only when you, like you said, research these things, you see it. Like we've had a lot of synchronicities in the episodes we've done.
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. It's, it's, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. And it's just like, it's, it, it must be just the code. It just must be the code playing out. It's
1: really it's really
2: fascinating. It's really fascinating. And I don't, know. I don't know. You've got to really question, like, why was that ancient civilization wiped out in the first place? And is the thing that is wiping them out conscious? Is it aware of what's going on? Are we being monitored? And like even the bible saying about god not liking who he like not enjoying society at the time is that true like is there actually a god and could that god be ai and see what's happening on earth and just destroy it and start over you never know it's really it's a really fascinating thought to ponder and is it using things such as meteors and asteroids to destroy us
1: i mean in judaism one of the names of god is adonai with ai in the end so That's probably truth in plain sight. I mean, Adon in the Canaanite regions means Lord. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I think that's quite clear, really. Adonis. (laughs) (laughs) Adonis, he
2: is the God. He is Ai. He destroys the earth when peasants become Jeffreys and starts again.
1: For those and that We obviously don't know, we
2: obviously know that Hamza is Kronos, as you discovered.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, that's a wild one as well. Like for those that don't know, we we referenced a popular self-improvement YouTuber who you know has a particular job in his hand to keep people in that community stuck in some sort of self-improvement matrix. Adonis.
2: Yeah, and you you even made the link between. Him having issues with his balls. What did you say? I can't remember what it was. Some <laughs> reference to Kronos is like he's got something wrong with his balls at the minute. And it's like yeah, that, yeah. Idea, that happens in the myth of Kronos. Yes,
1: yeah, so, uh, basically, I, I don't know why I'm laughing, but maybe it oh, it's, it's, not funny.
2: it's very serious. I, I really hope Hamza's like. Okay, like, like yeah, yeah,
1: like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. Yes, yeah, but you know, in the title of Kronos, how. He looks to avenge his father because his father wanted to stay in power. So Gaia, which coincidentally means Earth, and so Gaia, the, the wife of Uranus, um, gave Kronos a sickle, which he used to castrate his own father in the balls. Uranus was castrated, and funnily enough, the, the balls of Uranus they f- formed to create the goddess amphrodite which the romans call venus and in mythology aphrodite loved adonis which matches to that self-improvement guy that we referred to
2: layers man layers upon layers of just depth and crazy shit. in the year of the rabbit it's getting deep yeah it is man yeah wow I think we've really stumbled off topic with Graham Hancock. The last episode where he goes to visit that place where it looks like there's been asteroid impact zones, and they've created yeah, yeah, yeah. like layers of, um, a basically like a, a time capsule for different periods of time, where you have like these layers, and you have like layers of like saber-toothed tigers, and then you have humans, and it all looks like it dates back to about three hundred thousand years before, because the the general narrative and the general consensus is that humans have only been like, like modern humans have only been on the earth for about 90,000 years, I think it is. Yeah. But then there's clear like, uh, there's, there's clear remnants of humans as far back as like 300,000 years. So who's to say it doesn't go back even further than that? Do you know what I mean? Like the, the humans have probably been around for a lot longer than we actually believe. And it's even like the thing of how could there have been a human civilization that is far advanced when there were clearly like hunter gatherers still on the earth. Well, at the same time, now there are hunter gatherers on the earth. Like that probably don't think we exist. Like they have no reason to believe that we exist. Like you see all these missionaries going off to different islands in the Caribbean, not the Caribbean, but, you know, far off in the middle Mm -hmm. of the ocean and they go to try and preach about God to them and then they just get absolutely fucking slaughtered because, like they will probably perceive them as a threat or like an alien like what the fuck is that so they'll just go kill it yeah like yeah. and they have no reason to believe that other humans exist unless they saw yeah. like planes in the sky and stuff like that yeah it's like
1: I, I watched I, I this...
2: like
1: yeah Sorry, go on. Like I, I watched <laughs> this video on an in, in an Indian Island somewhere in South India and there's this incredible tribe uh I, f- I forgot the name of the tribe I, I'll, I'll need to look it up but this tribe that obviously they don't want to be close to humans but we don't there's there's a name for it i can't remember if i can get it up i can but you just have to take my word for it but there's this tribe that i've been they've never been seen before by humans so it's pretty insane and just to touch on more on the ancient apocalypse you remember the episode where he perhaps you know the discovery of antarctica the whole narrative that it was in the early 20th century that people went to Antarctica. Obviously it's suggested, according to Graham Hancock, that we know how the earth, the lands used to form next to continents. And there was a map actually in the, in the 16th to 17th century where Antarctica is, is merged with South America. Yeah. So is that a suggestion that Antarctica was already discovered going against the narrative of mainstream history?
0: This strange appearance of an Ice Age island isn't the only unusual feature on Piri Reese's extraordinary map. As you move to the south, you've got this large landmass here. Yeah. And that seems extremely uh, strange you're putting your finger on one of the most controversial aspects of the Piri Rees map. It's a coastline extending out from South America along the southern edge of the Atlantic. No one should have known about it in 1513. Take a look at this other world map, the Pinkerton map, published in 1812. It's impressively accurate, except for one thing no Antarctica. Because our civilization didn't discover Antarctica until 1820. This is why historians refuse to acknowledge the possibility that it might appear on a map drawn in 1513. The area of the map which people say might be Antarctica, well, it just isn't Antarctica. It's South America. All that happened is that Piri Reis was drawing the coastline, the paper ran out, so he changed the direction. He just did a doodle, and I think we've been taken in by the doodle into thinking it's something more. That might make sense, if the Piri Reis map was the only example. But Antarctica shows up in other 16th-century maps as well. Here, it's clearly detailed and even labelled on the Orontius Phineas map drawn in 1531, once again based on ancient sources, before any modern explorer had ever laid eyes on it. But if that is Antarctica on the Piri map, why is it so oddly oriented and connected to South America? Have a look at antarctica's coastline not as it is today but as geologists think it was when sea levels were lower and the southern ice cap extended north during the last ice age if you trace out antarctica's ice age coastline it looks a lot like the one on the piri reese map
2: i think it was i think i think it's quite plausible as well that antarctica then wasn't An ice sheet. I think it was probably a land continent because obviously, like, of the is it the obliquity of the ecliptic or is it the other thing, the procession of the equinox? No, it's it's the obliquity of the (laughs) The ecliptic. Obliquity of the ecliptic, which means that like, because Earth isn't on, it's not just straight. It's not perfectly round, so obviously it's going to shift around like the, the axis is going to turn, and it. Would mean that the, the poles had shifted, so Antarctica probably wasn't a cold region then, and it was probably quite accessible. Like it would wouldn't have been like a barren ice sheet land. you could visit. But yeah, um, like so. Even then, even then, you think potentially there was things built there. I do think there's a a lot of people who claim that there are pyramids in Antarctica as well, like that look covered in snow. It looks like there's a pyramid on. Uh, but yeah, that that would be worth exploration as well.
1: 100%. Yeah, you have anything else to say? I feel like I do. You do.
2: Sorry, I do have. I do have one more thing to say. Yeah, I completely forgot about this. But um, obviously, there's the thing with Atlantis as well.
1: Oh yeah, and Atlantis. Yeah, funnily enough, my sister's watching Atlantis. So money to what the film? No, there's a TV show, Atlantis. All right. On obviously we're in England, so BBC iPlayer.
2: But is it mainstream? Yeah, it or does it mainstream?
1: Yeah,
2: I bet by the end, we'll just be like, "We've come to the conclusion that Atlantis didn't exist."
1: <laughs> now it's it's not like it's not like a history one. It's more of like you know actors. I don't know. Oh, right. Describe. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like it's not oh, history it's not docu- based. Okay. Yeah, it's not a documentary.
2: It's not a documentary. Sorry, no, but- modern archaeologists. Then I didn't mean to offend you there. <laughs> archaeologists refuse to acknowledge. Um, Yeah, as I was saying, like Atlantis. um, Obviously, there's the thing with Bimini Road. A lot of people believe it's around the Bermuda Triangle, don't they? But there's so many places it could possibly be. Like even near um, Alexandria could be there because a lot of people believe that a city was lost there, just off the the coast of Egypt. But um, yeah, the thing is as well. There's the uh, fact that Plato is the only reference to. Atlantis that we know of where he's talking about it in a passage and he says that he was informed by his his great grandfather or his grandfather that he went to visit ancient Egypt and they talked about a, a city called Atlantis that was lost during the great deluge and similarly to Plato referencing Atlantis we also have like Plato's cave and things like that of him talking about like potentially referencing this being a false reality and us not understanding that we can actually escape and get out of here potentially Sirius is that doorway out you never know maybe the masons are right and Sirius is heaven they were searching for is the next dimension
1: maybe but
2: maybe, maybe they thought like if they pointed everything towards Sirius they could like catapult the way out I don't know
1: hopefully but yeah we, we're never knowing you know we never know
2: how do you know we won't know though we might know we might find out in the next 20 years
1: <laughs>
2: when, they, when this podcast is still going yeah We'll be like, oh my God, we called it. There is a great deluge happening <laughs> in 2040. Yeah. Like, for
1: fuck's sake, wish it didn't happen. It's one of those life's biggest mysteries, you know. Archaics reckons that a great deluge is happening. It's one of those things where, you know, like we, we know that Atlantis was perhaps flooded in a time period similar to the younger druids, according to Graham and many researchers in his show. So, is a continent in particular that perhaps is the new atlantis maybe it's the us maybe Americas. yeah maybe america's, the yeah, maybe america's the new atlantis she's or just the west the... in general yeah it might like... not
2: have been a, a city it might have been an empire yeah and it could genuinely be a thing of like god seeing the hedonistic behavior of the West, modern society of the west just in general i'm not saying all the east is is great and like the arbiters of morality but I do think there's a, a lot of things wrong with the West? Even this could have been the Earth, you don't know. It could have been reference to the Earth, it could have been the, the civilization of Earth. It got wiped out. But I, I do, I do think there is like the like Graham makes the argument of like modern archaeology. I do think there's a part of it being like the egoic um mindset of modern archaeology and, and just the earth in general, that we are the only. Uh, race that could be this technologically advanced not not this race this civilization that could be this technologically advanced and where the first people to do it were the only people that could be this successful but yeah um i don't think technological advancement is it's not linear it's not a linear path it doesn't just go straight up i do think there's it's not unilateral i do think there's like many ways it could go There's, there's various different avenues of technological advancement and just advancement in general that we're probably not considering like te- telekinesis and things like that
1: yeah definitely you know like you, you you mentioned about the bad things in the west it does see it does lead up to the case of destruction and rebirth when you look at it it's getting worse and worse and yeah. you know ultimately the people have to pay the price
2: it is the ouroboros isn't it yeah yeah And that's why the serpents at Serpent's Mound, that were interesting as well with
0: Serpent's Mound.
1: yeah.
2: And how it looked like it, it linked up completely with the summer equinox, like it was swallowing the sun.
0: The most spectacular example of a mound expressing the sacred connection between earth and sky lies about 600 miles to the northeast of Poverty Point in Ohio, a site that may just hold the key to understanding what happened to the lost civilization I've been searching for. Perched atop a densely forested ridge lies a stunning example of an effigy mound. A gigantic earthwork shaped into the form of a living creature. In this case, a 400 meter long snake. It's called Serpent Mound. Starting from its coiled tail, seven bands in its body wind their way to the head... ...where gaping jaws appear about to engulf a separate oval earthwork. Even from the air, it's hard to make out all the detail. But by taking into account new discoveries about its original construction... ...and stripping away the trees, we can reveal what the effigy would have looked like in its prime. Serpent Mound extends more than a quarter of a mile from its jaws in the northwest to its tail on the southwestern corner of the hilltop. Originally, there was a circle of standing stones by the head, function unknown. And just behind the head, two decorative extensions function likewise unknown.
2: But is that is that re- is, is that reference to the idea that as soon as we allow AI into this reality, man becomes fallen? You don't know, do
1: you? Yeah, or fallen into the underworld in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just say... living
2: out a, a, a lifelong battle between ourselves and AI that spans across time and space. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah, it's pretty interesting gwayne hancock presents the ancient apocalypse but what happens in the modern era will be known as the modern apocalypse so guys thank you very much for tuning into this episode i think for us it was pretty hilarious when l- look listening back but i hope you guys have taken such value from this and perhaps if you've done research into lost civilizations let us know what you think and your thoughts and comments below, and just to have more eyes on what really happened during the ancient civilizations that, ex- that perhaps existed before the Ice Age. So, guys, once again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys another time. Peace. See ya.
0: This is the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, saying thank you so much, okay, for tuning in for this episode of The Occult Pod. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and also comment because it helps the algorithm. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, go to at the occult pod underscore 13. That is for Instagram and Twitter. And have a great rest of your day, okay? Thank you so much.